This podcast is a production of Journey, a church community inspiring people to live big. For more information, please visit cincyjourney.org. Well, it's a new year coming, and uh, it's upon us. Mentioned a moment ago, I don't want to talk to you about making any resolutions because you will break them before the month of January is over. And uh, that's usually what happens. Sometimes we can make it through February. Uh, sometimes we can maybe even make it to March. But uh, resolutions are based on behaviorism. And uh, that's not how we flow in Christianity. We we work through transformation, not behaviorism. We are transformed by the power of Christ. And really, only one thing is needed for transformation in your life, and that is to just keep following Jesus. And uh, so I think that's, that's really vital. I think that's important. Uh, I want to talk about this text of Jesus taking flight into Egypt and, uh, and just kind of uh, help us to understand uh, a little bit about the one quality in Jesus' life that made all of the difference and the same quality that will make all of the difference in our lives. Wouldn't you like to know if there was one thing you could do and you wouldn't have to learn it, you'd just have to do it, that could change your life? Well, that's what I want us to kind of look at today. Our text comes from Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. It says about uh, um, the wise men, after they had left and visited with Jesus, it says, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to destroy him. And he arose and took the child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod. That which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled out of Egypt, I have called my son. But when Herod was dead, down in verse 19, an angel of the Lord appeared Again to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he arose and took the child and his mother and came to the land of Israel. And when he heard that um, Ar Archelaus was reigning over Judah in the place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned by God in a dream, he departed for the regions of Galilee. And he came and resided in a city called Nazareth that was spoken by through the prophets might be fulfilled. He shall be called a Nazarene. This is the word of the Lord. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray you'll grow it in our hearts and minds. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Interesting way to start your life. Uh, uh, I, it would have been uh, kind of nerve-wracking for me as a grandfather to just have my other grandchild born, that if all their family had to take off and go to another country to escape persecution, uh, that would have been a little bit unnerving. 
But whenever God is doing something in any of our lives, and whatever, wherever he is working, there is always going to be some sort of opposition. I mean, have you ever noticed how hard it is to get even to church sometimes on Sunday? That there is opposition, there are things that are going to go wrong. Have you ever noticed how clumsy you become trying to get ready on Sunday morning and drop things and break things or this doesn't work or that falls off the sink or whatever it is? There's always problems. And if you're trying to bring kids to church for some reason on that day, Saturday morning, they're great. They're up, ready to go. But on Sunday, you can't get them to move for anything, you know, and you drag them sometimes kicking and screaming and and. Uh, you know, it seems like the moment you want to try to do something big for God, all of a sudden you see all these problems arise. Anything that you're doing that is going to make an impact is going to come with problems, with struggles, with battles. And God sending his son into the world, you can expect that there would be opposition. It comes with the territory. But there's one thing that happened in his life that made all of the difference, and that is his parents never gave up and said, oh, this is too hard, let's just give up and die. No, they listened to the voice of God, and they kept moving forward. They kept going and directing their lives by continuing to go to places they needed to go, you know, to do the things they needed to do. You never quit. You just keep moving forward. I mean, they not only went into Egypt, but when they came back, they chose very carefully where they would go. Instead of going to where they would normally live, they wound up going to Nazareth. And again, a scripture is fulfilled, a prophecy is fulfilled. Do you realize that the prophecies concerning Jesus included places he would go and stay and be because there would be problems that would keep him from just growing up in his own hometown. Now, I admire people that can grow up and live in the same place for 60, 70 years. That's wonderful. But every life comes with some sort of movement and opposition. Even if you stay in the same place, the place that you stay in will not remain the same. Everything is continuously changing. And there's only one direction in your life that will change your life, and that is forward, never backward. You see, that's what Jesus did with his life. He always moved forward. And, and so, you know, when I think about even my beginning in ministry, it was like, I wondered, how, how do you do this thing? You know, I didn't have a clue. Uh, but I knew early on that most guys who go into ministry don't wind up finishing in ministry. Uh, in fact, they say probably 60% of the people who start out in ministry within 20 years will not be there. And I've seen that true. What, if, what makes the difference between those who, who make it and those who don't? It's that they follow the pattern of Jesus' life. It isn't how perfect they are. It isn't that they do things well or better than anyone else. It's that they continue to follow Jesus. If you study the life of Christ, you'll begin to see 
that Jesus just kept moving forward. From the time he was born, he had enemies who were ready to kill him. Yet, Jesus went on. Little was made of his life while he was young, but he went on. When he was 12, he stayed behind in the temple and to debate the leaders of the synagogue, and his parents didn't understand what he was doing, yet he went on. When I think of Jesus, uh, that uh, in his life, he, I mean, people said the worst and most horrible things about him. I mean, he had the worst spin possible, both politically and spiritually, placed upon his actions, yet he went on. Jesus had his words manipulated, twisted, distorted, interpreted to mean something other than he intended, yet he went on. Jesus had no support financially or emotionally from the religious establishment, yet he went on. In fact, Jesus had the religious establishment not only didn't support him, they tried to entrap him, yet he went on. Jesus was criticized about his rights and condemned as a heretic, and yet he went on. Jesus was never married, was homeless, and often lonely. Yet he went on. Jesus was rarely thanked for his work. Yet he went on. He was laughed at, scorned, mocked, and still he went on. He was betrayed by friends, deserted by his own. Yet he goes on. He was beaten beyond recognition, made to carry his own cross. And yet, you still have this picture in your mind of Jesus going on, carrying his cross. He keeps going on. He was crucified as a criminal between two criminals. Yet he goes on. He suffered and died upon the cross, and everybody thought he was finished. Yet he went on to conquer death and hell, and to rise up from the dead, to establish his followers into a body that he calls his church, and he pours out his spirit on them, and today he still is going on achieving his purposes in all of our lives. Even though the world may look to be a mess to you, I want you to know that God's in control and he's working everything out towards a greater good. He's still going on. So what lesson can there be for us in all of this? How can we do less? You know, most people give up just before they're ready to succeed. If you get your focus straight and you keep moving forward and you keep going on, extraordinary things will happen in your life. If you don't allow the threats of people, the opposition that comes your way, if you don't allow people attacking you to keep you from going forward, uh, if you don't allow those things to stop you, you will change your life and the life of others. Because the direction is always forward. It's never backward. Jesus went on. We must keep moving forward.
the Apostle Paul said, this one thing I do in the book of Philippians, he says, this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind me, I press onward to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul faced a lot of opposition in his life. He was persecuted. He was stoned and left for dead. He was shipwrecked. He was bitten by serpents. He was put, thrown in jail, but he never stopped. He kept going on. See, here's the one thing people don't seem to understand about what Christianity really is. They think it's about being perfect or doing this or doing that. No, Christianity is directional. It's about doing what Jesus said. Come and what? Follow me. That's a direction. What changes your life is the direction that you're moving in. Because the direction you're going tells where you're going to end up. Nothing else will define your life more than the direction in which you are moving. Have you ever found yourself driving down the road and all of a sudden say, where am I at? You missed a turn somewhere. Realize that, hey, if I keep going this way, I'm never going to get to where I was going. What do you got to do? You've got to stop, turn around, and get back in the right direction. If you want to wind up anywhere, then keep moving forward in the right direction. You don't need a resolution. You need resolve to say, I'm going to keep moving forward. There are a lot of people who have lived their lives who could have given up, but many of them, even in the latter parts of their life, achieved great things. I mean, Colonel Sanders' life was a failure, I, and I'm not a big chicken fan. I, I, I'm one of those rare preachers who don't eat chicken, you know. I don't even know where chicken restaurants are, you know. I don't even pay attention to them. It's just not it's something that's on my radar. I don't even know why God made a chicken. You know, they'd have no taste of flavor to me whatsoever, you know. And people say, you know, you got to have that. You, you haven't had it cooked right. I said, see, that's the problem. If you have to do things to it, if it takes a secret recipe of seven herbs and spices to sell the stuff, you know it's no good on its own. But having said that, Colonel Sanders was a master at it, but he did not succeed. He failed most of his life in every business venture he had till he was in his 60s. And it wasn't until he was in his 60s and got close to 70 that he finally sold the business for a few million dollars and ended up his life as a millionaire. But he could have easily said, oh, it's not worth it, let's check out. No, he didn't. He kept going on with his life. You never know when the opportunity for change will happen. Some great painters didn't start painting until they retired. I mean, you know, people who just give up and quit miss out on the great adventure that's still before them. And when you're trying to do something for the Lord and you're trying to follow Him, you cannot give up. You keep moving forward because the greatest is yet to come. The greatest is yet to be. Kind of like the old story they used to tell in churches. They'd always, there was one woman who in her congregation, at, after the end of every church dinner, you know, 
they would say, make sure you keep your fork because the best is yet to come. And so when she died, she wanted to be buried with a fork in her hand because she knew the best was yet to come. There's still so much more awaiting us. You can't go back and change everything that's happened to you in life. And it probably wouldn't improve your life necessarily if you did. What will change your life and define your life is where you wind up going to. What are you working towards? What call are you answering that has been placed on your life by the Lord? That's what will make the difference. You know, people will... will uh, try to dissuade you from doing that. If there's any area where the devil works, is in the area of discouragement. He tries to discourage you every chance he can. He tries to get you to give up any way he can. But I have seen people succeed for no other reason. They weren't smarter than anybody else. They weren't greater than anybody else. They didn't have more resources than anyone else. They just had one thing. They just kept doing it. They just kept moving forward with it. They just kept working it. And everything began to change. You know. I knew one man who was very successful in his family business and he helped to really build it and he made a lot of money and, and I asked him one time, I said, what do, you, what, do you, what do you tell young people? He says, find out something that you know you're supposed to do and just keep doing it. And he's worth a lot of money, but he never even finished high school. You just got to keep doing what you know you're supposed to do. And if you do it, you'll eventually wind up where you're supposed to be. Now, please, having said that, don't get it in your head where you're supposed to wind up. Don't get it in your head how it's all going to turn out. If anybody would look at the life of Jesus and see him crucified, you'd say, oh man, that life was a failure. 33 years old, look how it turned out for him. And they wouldn't understand that that was the greatest success in all of human history. For death was destroyed. Eternal life was given. We have had a triumph. The cross is looked as a victory for all of mankind through what Jesus did. Don't allow yourself to get it in your head as to what is success or what is the greatest thing that you're supposed to arrive at. Understand that if you're following what Jesus wants you to do and you keep moving forward, you'll wind up where God wants you and you'll wind up victorious in God's plan. And that may look a thousand different ways to someone. I remember a preacher who uh, pastored a little congregation. There never did he have more than 20 or 30 people. And one Sunday night, there were only three people there. He debated whether to even give a sermon. But he went ahead and preached. And one happened to be a visitor. And that young visitor, at the invitation, gave his life to Jesus Christ and that young man was Robert Moffat, who became a great missionary to China. How would you define success? 
It's not by how big the crowd is or how what all you do. It's about whether you are faithful. Faithful to the end. You keep going forward. That's what faithfulness is. Keep moving forward. When I decided to follow Jesus Christ, I never decided at any point in time to undecide to do that. Never have I ever decided that I would say, oh, it's just too hard, I give up and quit. That doesn't mean I didn't face opposition. I had all kinds of things that happened to me. Uh, I was working to try to build my first congregation, and, and uh, we had some good success uh, in those days. Uh, we went from 30 to 200 in six months in attendance. And uh, we had one service with 40 people saved. It was exciting. But then I started losing people. Couldn't figure out why. One day I caught at the back door two guys who were telling people, we don't want you to come here anymore. You leave and don't come back. I said, what are you guys doing? I pulled them in my office. They said, well, we thought 100 is enough for any church, and we took it upon ourselves to run 100 off. Boy, I read them the right act. I was young, you know, 20-some years old. So if I catch you doing that again, I'll throw you out of here on your ear. That's youthful brashness, but... The bottom line was they cried, wept, and they were good. They repented and were good for about three months and started again. Sometimes you get opposition. But you know what? I don't ever understand totally what God did and all of that. But one thing I do know, out of that group of people who got saved in that church, well, nearly every single one of them is still serving the Lord in ministry today. Isn't that incredible? even though it was a struggle and a battle. But you know what? It isn't about whether people like you or people do what you want them to do. It's about you moving directionally with what God has planned for you. And that forward movement will define and make all of the difference in your life. I, I have seen people who... Uh, you know, start things, stop things. If they don't have immediate success, if they don't get the results they want or desire, listen, my friends, forward movement is all the success you need. If you hear the voice of Jesus who says, come and follow me, and you decide you're going to keep following that voice, that is all the success you will ever need. Don't quit. Don't give up. That's what makes all of the difference. I don't know if I've shared that story with you before, but many years ago, uh, the shortest commencement address ever given was given in Oxford University. It was given by Winston Churchill, who was Prime Minister of England at the time. And Winston Churchill was a pretty gruff old fella. He went to the podium, took off his bowler hat, sat it down, took his little cigar out, laid it on the podium, looked over the student body, and he said to him, Don't quit. And he paused. He said, Don't quit. Don't quit. And he picked up his hat and his cigar and walked off the platform. true for him. 
He couldn't give up. He couldn't quit. He kept doing, nobody ever thought he would be prime minister. In fact, he was so controversial, but he never gave up. And when World War II was going badly, he, I, I, I stood in the, the bunker that they opened up in London and uh, where Winston Churchill was commanding the battle and the war in World War II from this bunker in London. And uh, we, were, we were got to go into this, and I saw the red phone that he had that was a call to FDR in Washington. And they played a recording of that call that they had, uh, how it went, and he's there demanding FDR get involved in the war. FDR didn't want to get involved in another war. But he wouldn't give up. He didn't quit. And when it looked like the battle was going the wrong direction in World War II, that tenacity of Churchill turned the tide. It makes all of the difference. You just don't quit. We used to have an old song we would sing. I will follow, I will follow Jesus anywhere, everywhere. I will follow on. We keep moving forward. So resolve one thing. I will walk in his steps, in his footsteps, where Jesus is going. That's where I want to be. Even if I don't know where that is, I'm going to follow where I think it is. And Lord, if it isn't where I'm supposed to be, you show me and I'll keep following you whatever direction you lead me. I will keep following on. And when I face discouragement and battles, I will continue to follow you through those battles, through those storms, through those dark places. I will keep following you. I won't give up and I won't quit. And that will make all of the difference. Let's stand. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your call upon our life that calls us to follow you. We don't know our way through this world, Lord. We don't even know how to begin the process. But you know the way because you are the way. We don't even know what the truth is, but you know the truth because you are the truth. And we don't even know what to do when life's been drained out of us and where do we get re-inspired. But you know because you are the life. So we come to you to follow you so that we will know the way, the truth, and the life through you, Jesus. And if we have that, we know we will be where we need to be, doing what we need to be doing with our lives. I thank you, Jesus, for calling us, drawing us. Now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I don't know if there's anybody here today that might say, Pastor, you know, 
I don't know the way. I feel lost today. I don't know the direction my life should be going. But I would like you to pray for me so that I could get on that path and be on the right direction and be going the right way. With heads bowed, eyes closed, would you just lift your hand up and let me pray for you? God bless you. And the others? Yes. Okay. God bless you both. But right now, just say, and just pray this with me, Lord Jesus, I invite you to come into my life not only to forgive me for not knowing what I'm doing or where I'm going, but and for the sins maybe I've committed, but Lord, I pray that you will put me on the right path. Show me the way. Pour truth into my heart. Give me your life in me that I might have that everlasting life. Let it work. Let it move in me, Jesus. Pray that right now. And say, Lord, I'm going to determine to follow you wherever you may lead me. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Thank you for showing the way. I give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us sing.